The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Okay, I'll go ahead and call the uh, special meeting for uh, Monday, September 12th uh, to order. Uh, begin with a roll call, please. Roll call. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Present. Councilmember Jennings. Here. Councilmember Canez. Here. Councilmember Miller. Here. Mr. Mayor Pro Tem, you have four. Thank you. Uh, I would like to invite all who wish to do so to join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance, allegiance to the flag, to the flag of, of the United States, States of America, America and, and to the republic, republic for which it stands, stands one, one nation, nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I'll uh, entertain a motion to excuse uh, Mayor Pro Tem, Mayor, Mayor Garrett. Motion to um, excuse Mayor Garrett. It's been motioned and seconded. Uh, any discussion? Roll call, please. Roll call. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Motion carries. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> We're going to take a time out. <laughs> it's about a 10 second delay. is on the iPad if they can shut their or put their mute on. Okay. Test. Will I echo? No echo. Okay. 
saying, can the, can the people on Zoom hear us? Because I got a text saying they couldn't hear. Can you, can you go ahead and see it? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, try it. All right. I'll uh, entertain a motion to approve the agenda. Make a motion to approve the agenda. Second. So, motion and seconded. Any discussion? Okay. There's no discussion. Uh, roll call, please. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Councilmember Jennings? Yes. Motion carried. All right. Uh, next, we'll move into uh, public comment. This will be public comment for items that are on the agenda. Uh, speakers are limited to uh, three minutes. And just a reminder that uh, it, it's not a discussion. It's an opportunity for you to make your, make your comments. And uh, council members can respond at a later point if they, if they so desire. So is there anybody who wishes to talk about any of the uh, issues that are on the agenda? If anybody on Zoom wants to make uh, public comment, please raise your hand. Let me type that in. What's that? Let me type that into them because they still can't hear. Oh, okay. Still saying no audio. I don't have. Debbie, hold on. Okay, ready? Tell Okay, go go ahead, Debbie. I, I don't have a comment. I have a couple questions because I was at the um, last meeting, so I don't know when to ask my questions because I I would like an answer, and it's regarding the house in the woods because I was here. Um, last month when there was a $120,000 offer and a, a full offer. And um, I, I just would like some, I, I have some questions about the offers and, um, and where we're headed from here. So when do I do that? This would be now. You could ask your questions now and then council members can address it when we get to that topic. Okay. So my question is, one of my questions is, why, why did we not accept the full price offer? Um, and what are we hoping, moving forward, what are, what are we hoping to, to uh, look for in an offer? Those are my questions. 
Thank you. So when you guys discuss it, then I won't be able to ask any questions furthermore? Correct. Is that correct? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Do we have anybody on Zoom? No hands raised. All right, then we will um, move on to the, the action request. The first action request is, is uh, uh, regarding a 24-inch uh, storm sewer repair on, on Wiltshire uh, between Santa Barbara and Bloomfield. And I believe our city administrator will introduce that one. Um, first of all, I would just like to apologize for the echo that you're hearing. I'm curiously working here trying to figure out what's going on in uh, cannot figure that out at this moment. So um, going to our um, storm sewer, um, what we have before us is a um, recommendation. Um, basically, there is a, a 24 inch um, storm sewer on Wiltshire between, I'm trying to quote myself here, Santa Barbara and um, Bloomfield. Um, that uh, needs to be repaired there. Um, it's a 15 foot deep storm sewer line. So it's something that will have to be dug up and redone. Um, and there potentially may be uh, uh, some money left over from MEDC from a grant that we had for storm sewer work. Um, and we're trying to uh, utilize that money if we can, um, but there is, a quote before you tonight, utilizing the same company that is doing the work right now uh, to be able to put that in for us and, and get it done. There is roughly a 40 feet or 40 long. foot long section in there um, that is partially collapsed. Um, so they would have to dig that up and replace that uh, or repair it. Um, and the rest of it would be lined. Um, so these are the costs that are before you to be able to do that. And we're asking for a motion to approve that, um, potentially using any MEDC grant funds that might be left. Otherwise, the city would have to pay for that completely out of its sewer fund. Is that correct? Yes. Or the bond. Yeah. And would anyone like to make a motion? <laughs> I'll make a motion to approve the additional expense for the 24 um, but sewer repair on Wiltshire by uh, DVM and utilize remaining uh, the remaining $50,000 MEDC fund uh, grant fund to cover um, any uh, yeah to cover a portion of this expense if applicable. Yes, if there are funds left, yep. You want to add a not to exceed? Not to exceed. $134,177. Okay. And not to exceed $134,177.50. I have a second. Second. And uh, moved and seconded. Any discussion? One, one thing that I would add is, is uh, um, it, it will require uh, that 40 feet section, 40 foot section of, of Wiltshire to, to be broken up and, and because they got to get under it, under it to, to replace that section of the line. So that unfortunately is one of the newer uh, new streets that was just repaved. So it'll have a 40 foot patch on it. So but that's included in the 134,000. 
this earlier in the study session. Any, any additional questions, concerns, issues? No, just for everyone's edification. Um, Giffels Webster was here during the study session, so he did talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And as, as the city administrator said, this is DB, DBM is the proposed company uh, who did go through a, a competitive bidding process for this project, um, which the project that actually found the issue. Um, so um, it has been competitively bid bid from from the from the onset and we're just using them proposing to use them uh to do the repair okay there's no other comments uh, roll call please roll call councilmember miller yes councilmember jennings yes mayor pro tim Cantor. yes councilmember canez yes motion carried okay, thank you um we'll move on now to the uh house, house in the woods offer uh, again, uh, have uh, city administrator um, begin by uh, introducing uh, the issue. Um, yes, uh, we do have uh, several offers now in on the House in the Woods property. Um, the first offer is for $120,000 cash. Proof of funds have been provided. Uh, this offer uh, intends to build two houses and is subject to due diligence of the property. Offer number two is for $150,000 cash. Proof of funds were provided. Individual plans on building four to six houses subject to due diligence of the property. And offer three is $155,000 cash. Proof of funds provided. Individual lives on Morningside Plaza and uh, his property backs up to the property. And the intended use for uh, the house in the woods property would be to keep it as a or to make it a nature preserve and not develop it and it's not contingent upon any survey or due diligence of the property um, further development uh, of the property and any kind of development would require building permits um, and have to conform with existing building requirements um, and that uh, all parties are aware that any accepted offer by council must be approved by the city attorney um, as far as the documents go. So uh, Mr. Root is here with us tonight and I will let him speak to that a little bit further. Hey, John Root, uh, William Carlson, good evening council. Just answer a few questions for our folks that are here today. Uh, yes, in answer to uh, Susan's presentation, you did very well. Uh, we have three offers on the property. We had two offers the last time that I was here. They had been tabled. Both offers were rejected. Uh, the one party who came in here initially with a $100,000 offer made up their offer to 120. The second offer made an offer, an initial offer of 160,000, or excuse me, $150,000. And, uh, it is subject to a due diligence of the property. Their intent is to build four to six homes on the property. Uh, offer number three came in over the weekend. Uh, I worked on this yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, this offer is $155,000. It's from a resident who lives on Morningside Plaza. As indicated, the property backs up to the, uh, his house backs up to the property. And uh, his intent would leave it as is, have it as a nature preserve, and no, uh, no development of the property whatsoever. At least that's his plans now, what has been indicated to me. 
Again, these are two offers. They're full price offers or better. They are all willing to take the property as is, with the exception of one party who wants to have a risk assessment, which is understandable. Most offers would come in with some type of uh, due diligence for risk assessment. They all were aware that there were other offers, and they all had a chance to up their offer if they if they wanted to, and uh, they chose to stay packed as to where they were. If anyone has any questions, I'll ask questions. I do have one more thing that I would like to add, um, if possible, um, and, and to make sure that we're handing all of council as we're um, uh, as they're speaking. Um, but uh, one of the other things that I, I forgot to bring up was that there may be three offers on the table uh, for council to consider tonight. Um, but uh, there are several things for council to consider uh, with these offers. Um, and, and obviously, you know, we're always looking for the highest price, but we also have to make sure that it's the most advantageous, uh, or I can't include myself as we, I'm not a council person. Council needs to make sure that it's the most advantageous, advantageous um, sale price going forward long-term. Um, so while the third offering does exceed the listing price by 5,000, um, it, it will not add uh, significantly to the tax base at all. Um, questions for council to consider would be, um, if this is going to be private property, obviously the property owner would be um, uh, subject to maintaining that parcel. Um, but if it becomes uh, at any time in the future, uh, something that is maybe down the road gifted back to the city, you have to be looking long-term, who would maintain that property going forward? Um, and then um, it's, it's very easy to look at just one small area of the city. And yes, we, we realize it impacts the neighbors in that neighborhood around that circle, um, but council needs to look at how it impacts the entire city of Lather Village. And looking long-term, again, staff's recommendation would be to accept an offer that would allow for development of that property um, because that will add tax base to um, uh, to that property out there. And, and I did do a little bit of math uh, in the interim. Um, it is 1.93 acres, which is roughly 84,000 give or take uh, square feet. And if you divide that up, the requirements per lot size in the cluster housing that they have out there is a minimum of 9,000. So technically they could place nine homes out there. Would you ever want that to happen? No, um, that's, that's just the way the zoning ordinance would allow for cluster housing. I'm not advocating that because I don't think that that's a good use of that, that space out there. But definitely three homes, potentially four homes could fit in there quite nicely and still have uh, quite a, a nice large parcel size out there. Again, the minimum uh, square footage of a home that would be allowed out there is uh, no less than 200,000 square feet. 2,000. Or 2,000, thank you. 2,000 uh, square feet. And our average tax collection on new builds um, going forward in that neighborhood are upwards of 10 to 15,000 a year. So you multiply that per home, that is additional income or tax revenue that could be used for other projects in the city. Um, 
you know, so again, just giving you as much information as, as I can um, going forward so that you as council can make a very well informed and educated decision tonight. Anyone like to make a motion? Make a motion to accept the hundred fifty-five thousand dollars offer. Second. Second. Is there any discussion? I'll answer the question about why we. Or I, I personally voted it down. Um, I've been a realtor for 18 years, a mortgage loan officer for nine. And just because someone offers the listing price doesn't mean a seller is obligated to take it. And I didn't believe that um, we received adequate documentation uh, regarding proof of funds for that for that sale. So that was why I uh, was had, why I voted the last time. Also, um, the issue about gifting it back to the city and the city being responsible for it, that wasn't anywhere in the offers. Um, so that, you know, I'm sure we should be considering that. And also, um, the person who wants to build four to six houses, that doesn't meet our ordinances right now. So that isn't, isn't possible. What, what ordinance doesn't it mean? Hmm? What, what ordinance doesn't it mean? You could have up to nine homes there because you said if it's a if it's a and um, it, it is zone cluster housing. It's currently zoned R3 cluster housing. It's zoned R1, isn't it? No, sorry. No. R3 is cluster housing. The whole circle is R3. Didn't the listing say R1? The listing uh now this would be my error, but the listing does say R1. Okay. Uh, I think initially I was told it was R1 to R3. Any, any anything built on the property, any type of development would be subject to the building department approval. Okay. Uh, I don't think there should be any concern as if someone is going to develop the property because it is subject to building department approval. And uh, any ultimate approval, I believe, beyond that would be up to council. But you know, if they're within the parameters of what can be built in the city, uh, they should be able to get building department approval or asked for building department approval. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but I think the square footage for a two-story home, I thought was 2,200. It, it's, for it's, a ranch, it's 1,800 square feet minimum. It is 2,000. Um, the first floor has to be a minimum of 1,000 if it's a two-story. Okay. Um, but otherwise, it is a minimum of 2,000 in total. Okay. Again, whatever whatever is built, anything being built has to have building department approval. It does, but a lot of times um, there are exceptions given if you know someone comes for special land use or for other things. It's not set in stone that what we see right now is what will. Bear in mind that maybe the hundred fifty-five thousand dollar offer, they have no plans. There were no plans indicated to me that it was going to be developed. Oh, and we also did receive a petition from all of the neighbors in that circle, except for one of the homes that were that they were in support of um, 
where the woods property be turned over to the developer would cause considerable loss of tranquility allow, and they would want to allow control of the property to remain in the hands of residents and keeping the community and the green space intact. Well, I personally, I'm, I'm gonna say that I'm, I'm not in favor of this. Um, you know, as we, we act as fiduciaries for the city, and you know, section 12.1 of our charter uh, indicates that that we when when uh, divesting land that we should be trying to pick the uh, uh, offer that is most advantageous to the city. And while I would love to keep green space in, in the city, um, I don't think this is the most advan advantageous offer of the three to the city, uh, given that the uh, tax revenue that we will be gaining from an undeveloped property is, is, is relatively insignificant relative to putting one, even one to three homes. You know, we're talking 10, 10 to $15,000 in tax revenue per, per home. So if you're talking one to three homes, you're talking, you know, 10 to 15 to 30 to $45,000 per year of, of tax revenue. Um, so if we're looking out for the residents as a whole, you know, all 4,100 residents, um, you know, this this would be great for, you know, the the ten homes or the nine homes on the circle plus some of the surrounding areas to have that have that green space, but it doesn't do anything for the for the rest of the community. And and as a cash strapped as a very strapped strapped a very cash strapped community, um, because of uh, what we're we're stuck with with a lot of the the state tax laws, um, it, it's it's. I think it's short-sighted to go for an offer that's $5,000 more revenue now um, versus the fact that, that we could be gaining, as I said, anywhere from 10 to $45,000 of, of revenue um, per, uh, per, per year into perpetuity. Um, and so, so really, you know, I think we need to look out for the, for the residents in total. I mean, $45,000 a year can be put towards roads, it can be put towards parks, existing parks, it can be put towards Making improvements to our buildings, you know, all the things that residents are asking for: more tree trimming, um, you know, more tree planting, all, all of the things that that, uh, um, that that we need to be doing. So, um, you know, for for those reasons, I, I'm not in favor of the hundred and fifty five thousand dollar offer. Well, as I said at the last meeting, there's no guarantee that anyone will build anything on that property. So. Right, but we do have two offers who have, who have indicated their intention to build on the property and one offer who has indicated their intention not to build on the property. So, but we don't have any so one has funds, Pierce has funds to be able to build one, appears not to have it, or we don't know. We don't have enough information on that to, but to even know. All we're required to know is that they have funds to purchase the property and all three offers have, have, have ample funds to purchase the property. John, did you get any additional information, uh, any additional financial information from that second offer, uh, more updated? Uh, I did not get anything updated. I did ask for that. I, I have no reason to believe that the second offer has has the funds. Uh, the funds that they showed us was significantly more. Than has the funds or doesn't have the funds? Does have the yeah. funds. Uh, the second offer, the funds that he provided us was through the end of July. And I, I, it was significantly more than what was required to purchase the property. And it has been indicated the only thing we have to be 
concerned about is that they have the funds to purchase the property. And for all we know, they may have other funds and other accounts. We don't know. Right, but the, you know, I was thinking about the gas station. That's a whole other thing, but there was an issue of what was going to happen not having funds. And three years later, here we are. I'm also supportive of this because it's the residents. Um, as I said, there's no guarantee that anything will be built there that will benefit other residents. Um, a lot of people have said they like walking around that property. It's like being out in the country and um, how they appreciate it. And all the homeowners around there are supportive. And he has the funds and he has proof of funds. Yeah, this is the highest offer. But not the most advantageous to the city in the over overall. That's subjective. <laughs> yeah. Spaces at a minimum. We have $45,000 a year that we could put towards other, other green space, improving it. Right, and as I said earlier, Losing 1.4 million in water loss that has what, not been addressed. What does that have to do with the sale of the land? Nothing. Okay. Jalen, Barb, any thoughts? Um, I'm gonna vote no on the part on the sale for 155. Uh, just don't feel comfortable with losing the tax base, and also thinking about when we have to go into budget season. Um. Just every, like when we went into budget season, it was crazy for no reason. And this could help us. So I'm going to vote no for now. Are we voting? No, I'm asking if you have any comments. Oh, no, my comment is I, a resident has offered the highest bid and you can't put a price on green space. It's invaluable. Any other comments? All right, there's no other comments. Roll call, please. Roll call. Councilmember Jennings? No. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? No. Councilmember Kinez? Yes. Councilmember Miller? Yes. Motion denied. Any other motions? Well, I'll make a motion to approve the full price offer of $150,000 uh, and instruct the city attorney to coordinate and execute all documents needed to complete the sale. Second. The moved and seconded. Is there any discussion? I'll start the discussion. Just say what I said before. I, I believe that. Uh, this, this offer is in the best interest of the city uh, for our charter, section 12.1. It's the most advantageous to the city as it provides significant tax revenue um, into perpetuity, um, desperately needed tax revenue, uh, whereas the uh, $155,000 offer, well, $5,000 more, um, you know, on the surface seems like a high, well, it is a higher number of $5,000, but one year of taxes will completely 
I'll pace that $5,000 and provide us with funds that we can provide all the city residents, not just the, the, the small group that, that are uh, in that, that general area. So we can provide more services and maintain services and not lose services um, into the future. Roll call. Okay. Any? I thought, are you going to do a roll call? No, I haven't. I, it's still discussion. Oh. As I said, I, I, there's no guarantee that those houses will be built. Originally, there was supposed to be three more homes built on that property. That didn't ever happen. That was the plan, but that didn't happen. And so the property went back to family and then eventually came to the city so um you will be paying taxes on it it's not like it's a wash uh, nothing will be coming in and even by the time homes are built with supplies and all those kinds of things we're not going to be collecting tax that can be collecting forty five thousand dollars in a year oh well, eventually and I, I guess I have a question. So you, you see, you say that there's no guarantee that there's going to be built. So should we stop all development in the city? Because there's everything that we approved from the planning commission, there's no guarantee that that's going to go through. So should we just not, not approve any new projects? I mean, it, it seems like a flawed argument to say that there's, there's no guarantee that it's going to be built. I mean, you're right. There is no guarantee that they're going to be built, but they're purchasing this, this property to, you know, they've indicated that they're going to put houses on there. And sure, anything could happen. We could have an economic downturn again, but, um, you know. I, I'm just, I'm supporting residents. That's, it isn't. Supporting a small group of residents, right? People that are in their back, it's based, literally their backyard. Right, well, they, there, there literally was a house in the backyard. Right, one house, one right. very one large house. house. So, so it's not like this is anything new. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because we're discussing it. Right. Another discussion. Okay. A roll call. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. Councilmember Kinez. No. Councilmember Miller. No. Councilmember Jennings. Yes. Motion denied. Question for the city attorney. Do we need for the for, uh, for when no's were voted, do we need a, a, a reason from each individual? I think they, well, I know that the Councilwoman Miller's expressed her position, right. and I think so is Councilwoman Kinez. Okay. All right, so uh, the motion does not pass. Thank you. Oh. Thank, thank you, John. I, I do have one question before John leaves. Because this has come before council twice now, and not only did um, Mr. Rude do his duty according to his contract uh, to bring in a full price offer in um, that was not accepted at the last meeting two weeks ago, and um, both offers uh, that are you know only five thousand apart have failed tonight. Uh, according to his contract, if he presents uh, a willing buyer, which he presented three to council, um, is the city liable to pay his commission at 155,000, uh, 6% of that? 
I believe it's it's limited to the, the asking price of, of the contract, but I will I will review it and, and again it, it's at his discretion if he intends to continue to go that position. on to public comment. Thank you, John. Uh, so uh, residents or uh, attendees will have uh, three minutes to talk about any issue, uh, not just those that were on the agenda. Uh, again, as a reminder, uh, for opportunity to uh, say, speak what's on your mind, and council will then have an opportunity Before public comment, Mayor Pro Tem, Ms. Holden Dunn had had asked a question earlier if she could address things that were discussed on the agenda at this point. She is able to do that. It's just the initial public comment where they're limited only to the, the, the second portion. So we'll, we'll go ahead and open it up for public comment. Go ahead. My name is Laura Ferris, a resident. Uh, I want to thank Sue Montenegro um, for doing the meet and greet. And um, I was invited to a meet and greet and had the opportunity to meet you. And that was very nice. And uh, I appreciate the fact that you uh, reached out to us. On the last council meeting, I brought, and 10 or 12 of my guests brought to council's attention that. Um, Councilwoman Miller at eavesdropped and recorded residents that were invited to a meeting in my backyard. She did not reveal herself, but was called out from behind the bushes between my house and my neighbor's house, who subsequently threatened violence. This is a significant event, uh, a traumatizing significant event. Um, but equally as significant was Councilwoman Miller's denial during council comments um, at the last council meeting. When she said it was under investigation with the Oakland County Sheriff's Department, so she shouldn't comment. Um, but then she did comment and said, I don't know, just picture me hiding under some bushes. That couldn't happen. I've listened to it several times. And um, I was shocked all over again at her response because it did happen. And I have um, 12 signed and notarized affidavits from witnesses swearing it's true. Uh, I'm not sure who'd give these to, but I would like council to see them along with the city attorney and the city administrator. Can I turn this in? Thank you. Anyone else? I do see one hand up on. Uh, Yes, yes. This, this is Kathy Mayfield. Um, um, I have a few questions, um, well, just comments. Um, as far as the house in the woods, um, I have another business partner and I were looking into the process of purchasing the property and adding nine to 10 senior citizens, one story homes there because this would allow the city to have 
people who still want to live in Lather Village have a smaller place to go to. And then it would allow 10 new families with children to come in to help the you know, to, to grow the city. When we saw what was going on in the last couple of meetings, we decided not to pursue. Um, there's a couple of things. One, um, if the person has shown that they have the funds, what, other, you know, it, even as a mortgage company, when you're buying real estate, you do not give your financials to your realtor. You give your financial information to the mortgage company. And they say whether you're qualified or not. If these were um, all cash offers, then there shouldn't have been any a question as far as what else they have. When you're buying a property, it was not stipulated in the original listing that they, you know, if they had to show proof of funds and they did, well, how their money was being spent coming in and out is not anybody's business, but those people themselves. And then secondly, what we looked at was even in doing something like this in the city, um, Again, this would have bought additional revenues. That was one of the things we were thinking, but it could keep some residents still being able to live in the city, have a two bedroom, two bath, you know, nice home because they wanted, they liked the city and wanted to stay here. So those were the, the two major reasons. So after going through and listening to all that was going on, you know, I discussed it with my business partner and we decided, no, we would not go further with you know with looking into doing this and it just seems mighty funny too because the property had been sitting there i don't know how long and then after um you know we approached to find out additional information and then the next week all of a sudden there's offers you know and it, and it had been sitting there with nothing happening on it <coughs> oh excuse me <coughs> the other thing is too if the property, to me, when I drive over there, it just looks like it needs to be maintained. It does not look like a nature preserve. So even if it had gone, if you go with them having it as a nature preserve, is that how they're gonna leave it? I don't think it looks very nice as even a nature preserve. You can't walk through it. And then if they decided that they wanted to gift it back to the city, then again, the city's gonna be responsible for it again. So I just wanted to make those comments um, about the house in the woods. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Mako. Additional comments? Oh. When, when you are elected, you're elected to do what's best for the city. And I'm thinking back to um, when Michigan first expanded and there were very difficult decisions that were made at that time. And I, and I don't live in that area. And so it, it did not affect me personally, but it did affect homes uh, of people who were in that area who, whose homes didn't get bought by Michigan First and the people whose homes did get purchased by Michigan First. And I, I think about that decision that was very difficult, um, but, but really helped out the city and the decision that you guys have facing you, well, now I don't know when, um, after tonight. But I hope that you'll make a decision that is right for all of the Lathrop Village residents. Um, and, and I understand that um, 
you know, I, I, I live on Lisa Boulevard where there were supposed to be condos at 11 South, or 11, 11 in Lathrop, and now there are apartment buildings, but something finally did get done. Um, and I, I choose to give people the benefit of the doubt when they tell you what their plans are for their spaces. Um, I guess I haven't been burned as often as maybe other people have, but but I, I choose to to give people the benefit of the doubt. And if they are saying that they would like to build um, homes and that that's what would be moving forward, that would be a significant amount of money in a cash draft city. So those are just my two cents. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else in the room or online? Online, if you'd like to uh, speak in public comment, please use the raise your hand function in Zoom. I do not see any additional raised. Okay. All right, we'll go to uh, mayor and council comments. So you go online, you fill out the application and all of that. Once that's done, 
you once you hit submit, then I get the information of how much it costs and what it is that you're doing. I make sure that all of those fees are correct. Um, and once the money is in, you know, once it's been paid for, then you get a copy of the permit. Okay. And is this work that um, a contractor has done for you? If it is a work that a contractor is doing, the contractor should be the one pulling the permit. It should not be the homeowner. Um, if it's something that you're personally doing, you can do that, but otherwise your contractor needs to be pulling that permit. It doesn't say that on my PSA online. I was able to do it on two, on two different ones. Your, your contractor should know that up front, though. They... It's lawful for you to pull a permit. It's just suggested that you don't. Right, because it's a way for you to be able to hold your contractor accountable mm -hmm. through that, that process. Right, but I, I could, could do it. So. You can do it. Um, okay, and then uh, as far as inspections, and, and I'm not just talking about myself, and then there's a few, uh, few things. There was a, a swimming pool that was built, and there's not a fence around the pool, and um, it says that that was applied for, but not uh, according to ordinances, the, the fence permit is supposed to be applied for at the same time as the pool before anything is dug, um, and it looks like there's some pieces that so the building in the process does that go to the building official? That goes to the building official. Okay. So it is his responsibility to once he once he does an inspection to make sure that once the pool is dug before it's even put in, that there's a fence there and that kind of thing. So okay. And that information then like, is the building inspector that enters the information via PSA online when an inspection is done or things are approved. Is that done? Yes. Okay. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, no, no comments. Okay. Scott? Who? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll take the motion to adjourn. Okay.